Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Engbert and I am your host. This week I have with me Dan Friedman, the co-founder of Thinkful, a company on a mission to reinvent education. Thinkful trains people to advance their careers. Welcome, Dan. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you uh, give us a little background uh, on yourself? Sure. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, So I guess as background, my story kind of starts about three years ago. Um, I was at that point an undergrad, um, and the, a guy named Peter Thiel, who was a co-founder of PayPal and then the first investor in Facebook came up with this idea, uh, called the Thiel fellowship, which paid people to, uh, leave college and then work on alternative endeavors such as startups. Um, and I was a member of the first class of the fellowship, um, and, uh, worked a couple different places for the first year and then ultimately, uh, co-founded Thinkful. So prior to your starting Thinkful and, you know, really dropping out of school to do the Thiel Fellowship, did you have any experience on the web at all before that? Uh, I had a little bit of experience, uh, before Thinkful and, and, uh, I guess that, that was kind of how I spent the first year of the Thiel Fellowship. Um, I worked for almost a year at a product development studio, with the goal of basically building the skills that I would that I would need and that I would later rely on uh, in building Thinkful. So, would you say that the job <clears throat> that joining uh, the Thiel Fellowship was that what caused you to start learning to code, or had that had had something been sort of uh, percolating inside of you, like learning to code as something that you thought you needed to do? Yeah, I'd already kind of started on that journey. Um, I'd taken a couple CS classes. Um, I sort of learned from some friends who, who were doing some web development on the side. Um, so I, I had a little bit of that foundation. Um, but the fellowship kind of just opened up that opportunity, both because it gave me time and because it, it sort of uh, it, it pushed that goal of, of working on a startup sort of sooner than I was otherwise expecting to be. So, you know, today there's, you know, dozens of ways to learn to code from Thinkful, which is a fantastic platform to so many others. Um, I'm wondering when you were starting out, it's sort of before the sort of explosion uh, in code schools or online coding uh, education places. Um, So how did you go about learning and developing your knowledge? Like, did you have a curriculum that you followed or was it sort of fly by the seat of your pants type of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. The, uh, when we were starting Thinkful, it was kind of a couple months after, uh, kind of the MOOCs were starting to get some traction and Code Academy had been around for a little while. So I was in that, in those few months before starting Thinkful, pretty voraciously trying out all of those um, I was using Udacity. I was using Codecademy. I was using all the tutorials that are out there. Um, and I was kind of making up my own curriculum as I went and then relying on my coworkers for help. Um, and that, that kind of varied sort of disparate experience is what led to Thinkful in a lot of ways. So what was it like for you as sort of your coding knowledge grew over time? I mean, you know, for so many people, they don't have, you know, they're learning to code, but they don't really have a product that they're working on. And you were working for a product development team at the time. So I'm wondering how that drove your learning and drove sort of your quest for knowledge. It was really nice to have this tangible product and to really 
be learning in a supplied fashion. Um, I think part of the reason we don't have more CS undergrads uh, in the U.S. is because those curricula are so detached from some of the practical applications of those fundamentals. Um, so I, I got to, you know, when I was first, first learning HTML and CSS, after getting some of the basics, I started building web pages for clients. Um, and that sort of immediate goal of, of having a deadline and having really clear projects uh, was just a nice bit of motivation. And it didn't hurt to get paid to learn. <laughs> for sure. You know, I, so many people talk about uh, having projects and, you know, seeking out clients and, you know, things to keep them going. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people uh, should, you know, really, as soon as you have the foundation, you know, find that for, everybody has a friend who needs a website and it's, you know, really, you know, you can help everybody. So I'm wondering, you know, why, why, um, you know, you've mentioned computer science or CS a lot, uh, a few times now. And I'm wondering, do you think that uh, people, you know, I, I think I kind of know the answer to this question, but do you think that people need uh, to go and study computer science, whether it's at university or somewhere else, to sort of uh, move forward in the web space? Definitely not. Uh, I think Thinkful and, and many of the offline coding schools are sort of premised on that thesis. Uh, you can learn these skills independently. And that curriculum, the, the sort of what, what you learn as an undergrad is just largely independent of what people are looking to learn. There's there's just not, most of that is, is not relevant to what most people going through these schools are looking to do. For sure. So, you know, in the past couple of years, you've seen so many people and so many websites and news articles say, you know, you have to learn to code now you have to learn to you have to be on the web you have to learn to be a developer but you know a lot of people don't necessarily think that everybody needs to be a developer but why why do you believe people excuse me why do you believe people should uh go out and learn to code whether it's a website or an application or anything on the web you know it's not it's not i think for most of our students um, and, and I think this is, I'd rather not speak just from what I think, but from what we see, you know, with our, um, with our thousand students, people don't come to us because they're looking to be developers necessarily. That's, that's a minority of our students. The, the greatest number of our students are coming to us to add this skill to the, to, to their tool belt, tool belt for their current profession. Um, and those look like a pretty varied group of people, you know, it could be an accountant, who knows that they could automate some of their work if they could properly script with Python. Or it could be uh, uh, someone in customer support who knows that if they understood their product a little bit better, they'd be better at support. Um, there's, there's a wide variety of applications across support, sales, marketing, um, finance, where being able to code will just make you better at your job and make you more independent. I see. So, you know, you've you've been working hard on Thinkful, and you've I'm sure you worked hard when you were doing product design for this other company. But what's uh, what's kept you motivated? You know, over these past several years, you know, building out a company, coming to New York, and you know, building out Thinkful. Well, I'm kind of lucky that I uh, I'm, I'm not really lacking in motivation. I just love what we do, um, and I love working with our students. So it isn't hard to. Uh, you know, show up and, and ask, what can I do today to make Thinkful better? Um, because our students are are uh, 
are very motivating. So I, I, you know, I agree that your students are probably some of the most motivated people out there. Um, I recently read about one of your students who's going to appear on the show in a couple of weeks, uh, Morgan, who uh, you know learned through Thankful, then joined you for a couple of months, and is now off to work for another company. I'm wondering how many of these success stories do you hear? Um, you know how. You know, how often do you hear that students are, you know, finding a new path or, you know, just charging ahead on their path because of what they've learned at Thinkful? We get that all the time. Um, and it's and it is great to hear. We, we've really made an effort to make it part of our culture of telling these stories. Um, and I think I appreciate you know, it because I find guests for my show, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, Morgan's great. And I, I hope you talk to him. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to talking to him. So, you know, a student that's just starting out um, on Thinkful's platform, you know, what advice would you, or whether it's on Thinkful's platform or anybody who's just starting out uh, learning to code, what advice would you, you know, tell someone just starting out, you know, that hasn't quit school but is in a current job and you know they're looking either to level up or switch paths, you know, what would you tell them? One of the things that distinguishes successful students from unsuccessful students is a really clear articulation of their goals. Uh, So we see some students come to us and say, I want to be able to accomplish this, or I want to get this promotion. And those students are more successful than the ones who just say, "Um, I want to learn to code, and I I feel like it's going to be helpful. You know, I kind of want to see if it sticks. So... Uh, so we've talked about Thinkful a little bit, um, but for the people that don't know, why don't we go over sort of how the Thinkful system works? Because I think it's very different than Code Academy or Treehouse or Skill Crush. It has a very, uh, very particular system. So why don't we go through that just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. We we built the education around three main pillars: curriculum, community, and mentorship. So the curriculum is this project based. Uh, project-based curriculum where uh, you're going through and you're you're learning basic concept, but you're spending most of your time actually building websites or web apps or programs, depending on the class or uh, mobile apps for our iOS class. Um, and then as you go, when you finish a project or when you get stuck, uh, you can turn to the community for feedback. And that community is a group of peers uh, where uh, everyone has access, and it's a mix of beginner, intermediate, and advanced students, so there's people to help at every level. Um, and then once a week, you meet one-on-one through a hangout with a mentor, and that's really the heart of the experience. Uh, students build a relationship with this mentor, meeting with them throughout the course. Um, they do code review. They uh, they sort of set goals for the next week, so they're held accountable um, and that is really what drives the engagement uh, and the success of our students. So I, I really think that the the mentorship portion of Thinkful is probably one of, you know, it definitely sets you guys apart from everybody else uh, in the field. Um, and I think that it sort of levels up the, the product in a totally new way. And I'm wondering, you know, how do you how do you go about recruiting mentors and sort of what what is the what is the mentorship like? Because I know that from my experience since starting my job uh, full time as a developer, the mentorship of my colleagues around me, you know, helping me out and sort of being a guiding light as I'm trying to navigate this world as I still learn, you know, is so helpful. But how does the mentorship? How do you translate that every that day to day type of mentorship into 
this systematic mentorship that you guys seem to be accomplishing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we put a lot, we, we in the early days and, and continue to put a lot of effort into uh, the systems and processes that we use to recruit, to uh, to interview and, and uh, assess, and then ultimately to manage mentors. Um, one of the biggest drivers that's, that's really nice to see now that we're um, reaching some greater sort of level of scale is uh, mentors are referring a lot of other mentors. We have about 125 right now. And that's becoming one of the biggest sources of, of mentors is uh, is them, our existing team, talking to their friends because it's really becoming a community. Um, and we we do interview every every person before they become a mentor and we review their code and their work. Um, and then we are talking to them every couple of weeks as they work with students and more so when they're new. Mm-hmm. So what is a what's a typical mentorship session sort of like you know do you guys talk to students talk about projects do they talk about problems like what what do they you know what do they cover yeah that's a that's a great question um i think a typical mentor session would start by just going over what they did last week um and saying i built this project i learned these concepts um and then start out by covering any sort of specific problems a student has. So um, I'm having trouble implementing this feature or I don't understand this concept. And then the mentor would often say, all right, great, let's open up the screen share and and take a look at your code together and start talking through this. Um, And that will often lead them down a path of um, understanding sort of a series of concepts more and more deeply uh, until the student is basically satisfied and, and that problem is fixed. Um, and then with, say, a couple minutes left, the mentor would likely review at a high level um, the structure and, and sort of um, and, and general practices that the student was using to make sure they're following best practices. Um, and then most sessions end by setting goals for the next week so that the student has a really clear uh, list of projects or tasks that they can execute on. Now, does every student sort of follow the same path or, you know, does one mentor, will one mentor set up, you know, specific goals, you know, that's catered towards that student's learning style or learning path? Yeah, um, it does happen. And we, uh, we push our mentors to do it as much as they can. Um, we've seen some really awesome examples of uh, students wanting, wanting to go into topics off the curriculum and mentors being able to accommodate that because of their own knowledge. So I know that uh, the Thinkful education platform is project-based. I know that you build a portfolio and you build some games, you know, some, especially for the, I'm talking for the front end program, Mm -hmm. Um, sort of what's the, I I know you don't want, you probably can't pick a favorite, but what's your, like, what's the favorite thing that you sort of have seen a Thinkful student build, you know, post the course or during the course? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, you know, I do love seeing all those portfolios. Uh, it's it's hard to pick out one project, but I, I guess if I had to, um, there was a fun Back to the Future project um, that which API did it integrate with. It, basically, it was it was sort of a timeline um, in the aesthetic and style of Back to the Future that showed the work of that student. 
Oh, that's very cool. We'll have to we'll have to find that and link to it in the show notes. For so, sure. So, um, so thankful sounds awesome, and I, I you know I think that I, I really think that it's it's charging a new course in this idea because I think the the community the web community is so important to one's education, and I think that people who don't live in Silicon Valley or New York or you know any major city. Uh, are really at a disadvantage because they're not surrounded by tech. Um, how much has the New York City sort of web community influenced the progress of Thinkful as a company and, you know, and your progress as you learn to develop and stuff? Um, that, that is a good question. The, um, you know, New York has been a great place to grow Thinkful. The, um, you know, the, the community here has really grown, grown up a lot the last couple of years, even in the three years that I've been here. Um, it feels like it's become a lot more mature and that's been just enormously helpful. I think about a quarter of our students are in New York and I think a lot of that is because of our presence here. That's awesome. So what's, you know, what do you, what do you see, uh, sort of the future of thankful, you know, whether it's a year from now or five years from now, like what are your goals, you know, for taking the company forward? Great question. Um, our, our vision broadly is to be the the sort of highest quality provider of online education. Um, when you look at the options for learning the kinds of subjects that we're teaching, um, there's a lot of offline options, and I think some of those are great, um, but they're they require greater greater commitment. They're higher priced, and then online, um, there's lots of options for sort of free or or low price where you can get videos or just do something sort of basically interactive. Um, but there's not a lot of high quality options where you get the kind of help that you need and the, uh, the kind of support that education has sort of been built around for thousands of years. Um, and so we want to just bring that online everywhere. People need to learn these skills. So, you know, the, the future of Thinkful sounds, uh, promising, I'm wondering if we could go back a little bit and sort of talk about your, you know, your first days of learning to code um, and sort of, I w I'm wondering if you could go back um, and tell yourself something, whether it was three years ago when you were first starting out or when, you, you know, when you first started learning to code, what would you, what advice would you give yourself uh, or what would you go back and change from those early days? Hmm. That one's tough. Um, everyone, everyone says that it's tough. It's a question I ask a lot of my guests. Yeah, it's definitely one that you, you need to think about a little. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we've come to do well that was tough when I was first starting out is in college, you kind of really develop the analytical muscle that helps you find weaknesses and arguments and find problems with products. Um, but you don't spend as much time building up the creative muscle, uh, that, that helps you come up with solutions and find, uh, you know, interesting approaches to problems. And I think, you know, one thing that I struggled with in the early days, because I had this sort of well-developed analytical side, but more poorly developed creative side was, um, I was able to sort of tear down and, and find holes in ideas um, before or faster than I was able to build them up. Um, and so I think that can be a, a little bit paralyzing. So I think what I would say 
uh, if I could sort of talk to myself from three or four years ago is uh, just start making stuff and don't worry so much about, um, you know, will it scale or what's the, what's the later stage of this? Um, just start making it and you'll figure it out as you go. That, that's some fantastic advice. I think a lot of people will find that valuable. I'm, I'm wondering is, you know, when you started out, um, <clears throat> what, you know, out of everything you've done besides Thinkful, because I'm sure you love Thinkful and you love the work that you're doing there, but what was your, you know, what's the favorite thing you've built on the web outside of Thinkful? Yeah, um, great question. We built some really neat stuff um, at the product development studio that I was at before this. Um I think one of my favorite projects there uh, was we built we built basically a sort of group organizing site for groups of friends to um, to choose activities and then uh, sort of crowdfund them. And it hasn't ended up sort of taking off, but the um, but the dynamics themselves are really interesting, and the, and the product work there was was really interesting, um, and, and it was a very relatable problem um, of organizing groups of people around activities. Um, so it was sort of a fun, fun product to be working on. That's awesome. So, um, in the last few minutes that I have you, I'm trying. I would love to know uh, if you, if somebody had just finished Thinkful or has gotten you know a skill level that they could build websites. And so how would you recommend them sort of going out and sort of seeking, you know, full-time work in this field? I know it's, it's a field that's, you know, littered with people who say they can code, um, but sort of how would you go about finding that first job? Yeah. Um, if you're looking specifically for a jobs developer, um, the first thing I would do is actually not start looking for a job, but is, is actually really try to focus while you're learning and set out a period of time where you just are trying to learn and build your portfolio. Um, and, you know, you do want to check at the beginning to make sure you're learning the right skills and that you're, uh, you're following a reasonable path and that you have people to help along the way. Um, but don't be distracted by reading TechCrunch or um, going to networking events all the time because you do need to set out some time to really focus on growing your skills. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who, you know, are, are great at meeting people and great at uh, getting that first bit of interest, but they aren't as strong at uh, actually sitting down and kind of focusing and setting, giving yourself some period of time to do that before you go out and start meeting people um, will give you a much better chance once you're, once you're putting yourself in the right places. That's that's some fantastic advice, and I think that personally, if somebody would have told me that you know seven months ago when I was first setting out looking for things, that might have helped me a little bit uh, shorten the process, maybe. Um, so, in the last couple of minutes, what does the future hold for you and for Thinkful? I those those two are, are basically the same. I uh, figured <laughs> the, the future for me is uh, continuing to grow the team here, continuing to. Uh, grow the courses we offer and, and improve the ones we already do. Um, and for the for the people that don't know, you, I know you do front end development. You've just introduced an iOS development. What else are you guys offering? We also have a Rails class and a programming in Python class. Um, and we actually have pre-announced an Angular class. I know. I saw next month. I saw your fundraising for that. Am I correct? We are. We're doing a uh, a crowdfunding campaign with uh, with the team at App.net. 
And the reason for that is when we develop new courses, we have to make all these decisions, such as what's the right prerequisites and, and what's the right goal for the course. Um, and it's really helpful to have a group of interested parties uh, that we can talk to about those decisions so we're not just making them for for our future students. Well, I will definitely link to the, the crowdfunding uh, uh, site in the show notes. Um, so in the last minute, sir, uh, what, uh, where can people find you specifically and more about Thinkful on the internet? For sure. Um, so Thinkful is just at thinkful.com. Um, and if you want to reach me, I'm just Dan at Thinkful. Uh, feel free to send me an email. And you're on Twitter at? Uh, D.N. Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining me today on How to Hold the Pencil. I greatly appreciate it. Um, thank for, thank uh, you. For those of you that want to hear more about Thinkful and read more about it, you can check out the links in the show notes at www.howtoholdapencil.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil, or you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber. That's R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. Uh, once again, thank you so much to my guest, Dan, uh, for being here. I think your story of building something to teach others to code as you were learning yourself is very inspiring for so many, including myself. Uh, and thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me. Of course. Thanks for having me.